Hello, my name is Casey Rogers, and I'm your host for the Emerging Writers Podcast Series. This podcast is an exploration for what it takes for a writer to become a published author and how to sustain a professional writing career. Like many of you, writing is my passion, and I'm confident that I know how to write a compelling story. But what holds me back is the same thing that holds many other writers back. How do we navigate a system that is about finding a bestseller rather than finding the best work? There are obstacles to our success, and many of those obstacles have nothing to do with the quality of our writing. In this episode, I'm interviewing writer and editor Jeff DeMarco, who has recently released a book called Aftermath, a post-apocalyptic mecha sci-fi thriller. Jeff owns his own writing and editing business that specializes in industrial technical writing and literary editing. A former U.S. Army field artillery officer and veteran, Jeff's immersion into the profession of arms and a lifelong passion for science fiction lend the characters in his richly layered apocalyptic military sci-fi's unparalleled authenticity. What I love about talking with Jeff is that he's turned his passion into a very successful profession. He hangs his hat in the thumb of Michigan along with his wonderful daughter Stella, and he enjoys writing, of course, along with fishing, cycling, and backpacking. I'll put a link to his website below. I'm talking to Jeff DeMarco. So tell yeah. me, what have you been up to? I, I have your oh, bio yeah. up and, and everything else, but instead of me just reading off of my computer screen, which is right over here, why don't you tell me what you've been up to, your your current and future projects for our Oh, listeners. boy. Yes. Well, let's see. What have I been up to? I've been editing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm active on Twitter at DeMarco writer, shameless mm-hmm. self-promotion, yeah. uh, on, on LinkedIn and I meet people through there. I'm also involved with editorial freelancers association. Mm-hmm. Um, so I apply to the projects on there that people, you know, people submit. Uh, I am just releasing a post-apocalyptic sci-fi mecha thriller. I know it's a mouthful tomorrow titled aftermath mm-hmm. uh so that that is ongoing i'm working on another book in the tread series i'm working on another book in the ruler of ash series which i have through indies united and i would say that 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 pretty yeah. much covers it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about your your company and you provide mm-hmm. services for other writers so tell me a little bit about that so I'll, I'll, I'll give you my life story kind of in a nutshell on the yeah. editing. I stopped reading in high school altogether, just mm-hmm. had terrible, well, I wouldn't say terrible. I was kind of a meathead. You know, I played football, you know, mm-hmm. oh, he's not paying attention, you know. So I didn't read for pleasure for probably seven years. So then finally I got to reading once I was in the military, I read mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and in that, I learned the military writing style. Uh, I learned, I, gosh, I can't tell you how many things I've actually published Mm -hmm. in the military. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, from op orders to like white pages, and I've drafted magazine articles that some senior person has <laughs> put their name on. So that from there, once I got out of the military, I started doing, I guess, what you would call industrial technical writing, except I was in more of a supervisor manager type role. And then once I got out of that, I started doing purely like technical writing, uh, some some copywriting, copy editing, technical editing, and so on. Boring stuff. And then at some point, someone said, hey, can you you edit my manuscript? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I can take a whack at it. And that... After after doing that, I didn't charge him that much money because I probably yeah. there were some things that I'm I'm sure I didn't do all that great narrative wise, but you know everything was you know the the proofreading part was fine. <laughs> so uh, that kind of prompted me to go to go to grad school. Like, oh hey, I can actually do this and <laughs> continue to write books and stay in the creative arts and not have to go to like factories and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, you know, I got a graduate degree and kept writing books and that is what I've been doing with myself. But you also, um, now you're with Indies United, but you also have the Wolf Pack. Yeah, that is kind of, uh, kind of a strange thing that, that came out of me going back and forth with, uh, with one individual, Tia Fanning. Mm-hmm. who uh, writes erotic romance. And really, I don't write erotic romance anymore mm-hmm. uh, for a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know. We just kind of collected people that we thought are fairly active on Twitter and just kind of kept going back and forth. And then we ended up writing an anthology mm-hmm. uh, and donated the proceeds to, to Lockwood Animal Rescue. Uh, in Ventura, California. Me? They're on Animal Planet. Yeah, and wonderful woman that runs it. And then mm-hmm. we wrote a second anthology and that one, well, I'll be honest, it was during the pandemic. It yeah. didn't do as well. Everyone was really tired. Yeah. Uh, and kind of felt burnt out and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these things happen. Yeah. If you were going back in time and you had to do things over, you've taken that kind of um, path that is a bit unusual, the military oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to edit yeah. it, whatever. What can you tell us? What, what could you tell that writer that is just starting out? They've got a manuscript that they've spent the last couple of years writing. It's gone through the critique process. They're confident in it, but it's just sitting in the drawer because they have no idea what to do. What would you do? Okay, if I had to go back and do it all over again, mm-hmm. uh, number one, I would probably, and I like I don't like social media, even though it's like a necessary evil at this point. But yeah, having social media for purpose, I would get on social media mm-hmm. and kind of get a little bit of a platform started there. Not, mm-hmm. not that oh hey look at me you know, but like a platform o- almost as if you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. about the publishing process because it's really like if you dig deep enough read enough things just on social media you you find other authors that are publishing articles hey here's how i here's how i did it so one of my favorite authors and he's an indie author and he's mm-hmm. you know now just really he can make a living off of his writing and he's good as bb larson mm-hmm. and not knowing him only having read his books i sent him an email 
and he oh. sent me one back, which was pretty cool. And I, I just had a question like you just phrased, what do I do now? I have my book written. It's been edited. What do I do? So that's number one. Reach out to authors before mm-hmm. you even decide to pull the trigger. Yeah. Number two, I, I would wait. If yeah. it's especially if it's going to be something in a series, mm-hmm. I would start writing book two and kind of kick that can down the road six months because you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're publishing this book and then spending six months figuring out, well, what do I do now to market it? Yeah. And then you're going to start writing the next book and then it's going to be a year and a half and nobody's going to remember. I mean, it wasn't a year and a half. I think it was like it was almost a year mm-hmm. by the time I hit book number two. Mm-hmm. And it had just lost that, lost that effect. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, some of this I have a little bit different, per, different thought on than most authors, mm-hmm. because I consider really everything, including words that you're going to have readers read, as practice. Mm-hmm. So I probably take a little bit less stock in necessarily having like a finished artifact of a book. Mm-hmm. because I'm going to write another book and it's going to be better than the last book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even with the books that you publish, yes, they should be polished, mm-hmm. but don't take it too hard. If you get a review that says that you suck Yeah. because, you know, really take that, learn from it and write your next book. You know, don't let it beat you down. Yeah. That's really good advice because, and you know, the other thing is, is that not everybody's going to get you. You have to find your audience and who wants the work that you're doing. I think that's like a really key part of it and allowing somebody to define your art um, Mm -hmm. can be a really big mistake. So I will tell you one thing about target audiences that kind Mm -hmm. of kind of blew me away when I, okay. So on, on Amazon, you can see if somebody reviews you, you can see everything that they've reviewed. It doesn't tell you their name or anything like that. Right. Um, th- it'll give you like, if they, you know, input their name as Amazon customer, it'll just say Amazon customer or Jeff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use my full name, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I found a woman that had reviewed my book was a nun. It's like, Oh, I didn't see that one coming. I, I, I think that that's a really, really important um, lesson for people to come away with that mm-hmm. you have no idea what somebody likes to read and what they don't like mm-hmm. to read. Um, so you like there's a way for you to analyze your readers on Amazon. Um, is that? Is, yeah. OK, say it's someone uh, that. You're just like, oh, I didn't know I was going to get reviewed by that person just kind of out of the blue. You can click on their name and see all of their reviews. Right. Including like like if they bought coffee beans on Amazon. Yeah. You know what they said about the coffee beans. Yeah. Um, And you can see everything that they've that they've reviewed on Amazon because it if you review on Amazon, it gives you a reviewer profile. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's really valuable information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. It can be if you decide to use it. That doesn't mean that you won't be successful if you don't use it. Uh, right. It just means it's another avenue for you to do analysis about who's reading what, who I should be right. marketing to, mm-hmm. uh, to a lesser extent, what type of fundamentals or 
uh, characterization you can use for characters. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you pick somebody out, that's completely the wrong person and say, I'm going to write a book to this person. And that's who I'm going to have in mind as my reader when I write this book and mm -hmm. you could be way off. Yeah. That's another thing. That's a really so. good point. Wow. Yep. I did not know that. I know that you um, tend to work in series and what are you working on right now? Can you reiterate for me what it is? Okay. So I, I am complete with, uh, Aftermath, which yeah. is a post-apocalyptic mecha sci-fi epic. So that is, that's in the world of Tread like 20 years later. And mm -hmm. Tread, so Tread, Fallen Nation, and then Tread Insurrection. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, in 2018, 2019, I was watching a, it, it was like a C-SPAN briefing or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Department of Homeland Security, I don't know, he, the higher up in the organization, was talking about uh, viral contagions mm -hmm. being a primary threat to the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I came out with that, and it was a uh, you know viral post or viral apocalyptic kind of science fiction, kind of thriller esque, mm -hmm. more thriller esque, mm -hmm. and. I, you know, I put that out in 2019, not knowing that we would go into a pandemic yeah. and then tread insurrection. I had that written with the name insurrection before January 6th. Oh, so wow. Wow. I, I don't know. It's oh. a, it's an EOD technician that, you know, was forced to like go to war with a civilian population and he finds a way to escape. <laughs> and have you ever seen Jericho on, on Netflix? It's, it, it's a little bit like that. It's like it, it ends up being like small town, but big picture. All these horrible things are happening around around us, but we're in this small town just mm -hmm. trying to keep it, keep it all together. Mm -hmm. So, and then The Ruler of Ashes, that was really my first full length novel. Before that, I was writing like romance and mm -hmm. Viking fantasy under a pseudonym that will never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah. It was not my best work, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. Well, I am so glad that we had a chance to get together because it's been a while since we've talked. It has. As a guy who makes his living as a writer editor, Jeff offers new writers some sage advice. If you decide to self-publish, Begin building your social media platform before you launch and find authors who are publishing articles that say, here's how I did it. Connect with other authors too before you launch your book into the world. They can offer a lot of support. And if you're gonna write a series, start writing the next book and wait until it's almost complete before you launch the first one. Why? Because if people like your first book, and you keep them waiting too long before you launch the second one, you've lost all the momentum you've spent time building up. I think that's pretty good advice. Thanks so much for listening to the Emerging Writers Podcast. There are so many wonderful writers out there with works to explore. Our goal is twofold. We aim to inform and inspire new writers on how to achieve their goals, as well as highlighting works by new, undiscovered, or noteworthy authors we admire. Feel free to send us your recommendations and we'll do our best to take a look. 
And don't forget to check out the line of writer-themed merchandise that supports the show at twobeanscafe.com, as well as checking out the links for the guests on this show. Onward and upward!